Strategic Living with Brian Holmes, episode number 73, Seasons of Change, a conversation with my great friend, Ray Edwards. Welcome everyone to the program today. You have found the Strategic Living Podcast, where we are all about transforming minds, developing leaders, awakening dreams, activating destinies. Hey, we want to see you healed, your mind renewed. We want to see you transformed from the inside. We want to see you become all that God has created you to be. It's going to be an amazing, amazing program today, and I'm excited about it. Just engaged in a conversation with Ray Edwards. It's going to, I believe, be a great benefit and blessing to you. I hope you're ready to engage with us. Let's get started, everybody. Great to have you on the program today. This is going to be a very special program. Ray Edwards has been my guest on numerous occasions here on the Strategic Living Podcast, but today's going to be really special It's our first time together in the new year, and I believe that what we're talking about today is going to be something of great influence in your life, going to impact you at a very deep level and help you as you look forward to what God has prepared for you this year. Ray is the host of the Ray Edwards Show, a top-rated podcast about living in prosperity on purpose. He provides incredible content on that site, both his blog, his podcast, is just a phenomenal resource. He speaks about life, about leadership, about growing your business, about marketing, and yes, he even talks about relating with God as Father. He's probably best known as a direct response copywriter and a product launch manager, a tremendous internet marketing strategist, and he's a phenomenal speaker. I've been engaged with and in relationship with Ray and his work for, gosh, over two years now, and Respect him so highly, not only as a business leader, but I really respect and honor him as a man of God. He's a tremendous thought leader and is making a significant impact in both the sacred and the secular space. I count it a tremendous privilege to call him my friend and my brother. Let's go right now to my interview with Ray Edwards. Ray, welcome back to the program, man. It's great to have you with us. That's great to be here. I appreciate you inviting me. Well, you know, you and I have a very special relationship, at least in my heart, it feels that way. And I, even though we don't get to spend as much time together on the phone or in person as we would like to, every time we get together, it's like we've never been apart. And that is a cherished thing, my friend. Yeah, I feel the same way. And there's only a few people in the world that I have that kind of relationship with. And it's always delightful to me because I can walk into a room. We haven't seen each other for six months and we just pick up the conversation as if we had just continued it from five minutes ago. Yeah, I know it. It's really a beautiful thing. It it is a blessed thing. I love it so much, man. You and I have been talking about the idea of change and, and I've shared with you so many things about my life and things that I've been going through the last several years. And I say going through like it's a bad thing, but 
It's been a beautiful process. And I know that you've shared with me and I've heard you share on your program that you have experienced similar things in your life, the seasons of change, this transition thing. In my experience, it's been this process. It's been discontent, feeling discontent, then disconnect from whatever the previous season represented. And then the last number of months for me has been a season of discovery. And then I feel like right now I'm, I'm coming into finally this season of deployment, really just, I mean, getting launched into the new thing. In recent years or months, what have you experienced in those, along those lines? Have you experienced some shifts, some changes, some transitions? And if, if so, tell us about it. Well, I have. And, you know, all of us go through, I think, natural seasons of transition that come with aging and our children grow and they go to school and they leave home and they become adults and they get married. And those are all new seasons for each of us as that happens in the lives of our children. And it leads us into new seasons because suddenly you find the, the nest is empty mm. and you have to adjust to that. I mean, it's a big change. It leaves a, a, a gap in your life that now you realize you've got to fill that in. So, you know, for me, um, some of the, some of the uh, transition has been from, um, well, as you know, from a place of I was really working only with business people about business stuff. And that became uh, an area where God began working with me. And I began working with, in the marketplace uh, with, the, um, with the inspiration, with the power of the Holy Spirit to empower business people to conduct excellent business to serve people at a higher and, and better level and to help people realize that um, not only can they bring their faith to the workplace and to the marketplace, but they do. They, they do bring it no matter what. It's just uh, do they release it? And so that's been a great transition uh, for us. Um, just most recently, uh, the thing that has been, I have to, I have to think about how I want to say this. The thing that is, has provided me with the opportunity for the most growth and the most freedom and the most faith in the Lord uh, has been this uh, health challenge that I dealt with mm-hmm. and I'm still dealing with as we talk right now. I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease a little over three years ago. And, you know, after having been through a period where I'd been praying for people and seeing them healed of all sorts of horrible diseases, uh, cancer and heart disease and mental illness and all sorts of things, and just seeing God do miraculous things. You know, in many cases where it was documented by the medical community, where there was like an x-ray showing the condition one day, and then at a short period of time later, an x-ray showing the condition was gone, and the doctor saying, well, that's not possible. It's not the way it works. So I can't explain it. And of course, you know, we would smile and chuckle and say, well, we can explain it. Um, and so I, having experienced all that, and then being on the other end, you know, having a condition that um, is present in a way that is difficult or impossible to ignore. And then knowing that God provides relief from those things, but in my case, it hasn't been manifest yet. That's allowed me to, um, to enter into a new level of trust with him, a deepening of my faith. Uh, I've wondered, I've seen people fall apart when they're faced with challenges like this. Oh, yes. I've seen, you know, very strong, anointed people, uh, end up facing a challenge that they've helped many other people through and out of, and they face it themselves and they collapse. 
And, you know, in some cases they renounce the Lord and they walk away. And I wondered, and sometimes in the past, I wondered, well, I wonder how I would handle it if something like that happened. And now I know the answer. And the answer is, uh, I'm faithful to the Lord. Yeah. And I don't understand everything that is happening in my life. I don't understand everything that's happening in the world, but I do understand that there is one who understands. Absolutely. And uh, having that absolute trust in him, you know, I lost a friend recently, a few days ago. In fact, within the last week, um, a friend of mine died unexpectedly. He'd been ill, but we didn't expect him to pass away. Um, and uh, it was just a kind of a kick in the gut to, to have been planning a get-together in the next day or so and then suddenly find out, well, he's gone. And I paused for a couple of days uh, and just had to, you know, process through my feelings about that loss and realize, well, it is a loss to me temporally, Mm-hmm. But I, I know where he is. I know he's with the Lord. And, you know, it's something that we try not to say to people when someone dies. We try not to say, well, they're in a better place because that, <laughs> that is a lot of people, you know, they don't right. want to hear that. Um, but I know that he is in a better place. Yeah. And, um, you know, he certainly is not jealous of us still living on the earth. Um, what he is is excited for what lies ahead for all of us. So it's been a, a period really of learning that, um, how do I say this? It's not a matter of how strong or how hard I've worked at increasing my faith, uh, because I think that's a mistake. That's a mistaken pursuit. It's how I've allowed the faith of the Lord to flood me. It says in the scripture, it says faith is a gift. Yes. So there's nothing we can do to get it except receive it. Exactly. As you've been approaching, or I should say going through this, uh, if you're like me, you've been reflecting on lessons that you've learned in the process. I know I do. I try to I try to grab a hold of the truth that is in the process. And uh, you know, what were some of the indicators for you that the previous normal, whatever that was, you know, in your case, you mentioned a while ago about you know being entirely fixated on dealing in the business world, keeping your your faith as a separate piece altogether. Uh, what were some of the indicators that God was inviting you to bring that season or that normal to a close and transition into something that was different. What were the signs, I guess? What were you, what were you aware of? Well, there's a point where you see things in a way that they can't be unseen. Oh, wow. Uh, you got to say that again. Th- there's, there comes a point where you see things in a way that they can't be unseen. Wow. Um, you, you, there was a movie. I don't know if you ever saw this movie. It was kind of a science fiction horror movie from the 80s. It was called They Live. Mm-mm. And um, it was, it's really not a great movie, so don't rush out to go watch it. But it had an interesting premise that stuck with me. And the premise was this main character in the movie found a box of unusual sunglasses in the basement of a church. And he put the sunglasses on, and suddenly he could see things that were all around him in the world that other people could not see. And at the time, I thought it was a cheesy science fiction movie, and I've since reflected that back on it and realized it's really a metaphor for what's happening in the spirit realm. Mm. That He put on glasses that allowed him to see what was happening in the spirit realm, and what he saw was that the earth had been invaded. Oh, this is good. You're, you're going to love this. <laughs> there were all these creatures that they were aliens that had invaded and taken over the earth, uh, but only through the compliance of regular human beings. But the regular human beings didn't, didn't recognize these aliens as aliens. They looked like other people. So these creatures had taken over human beings, 
And when this character put on the glasses, he could see who was inhabited by these alien beings, and they looked like a death face. Mm. So what, is, what, what does that sound like to you? <laughs> you know exactly what that sounds like. Let you draw your own conclusions. Yeah. Uh, but um, he also saw uh, wow. in the, like the messaging in the media, he saw, um, uh, like he saw a billboard with a lady laying on a beach in a bikini. And when he put the glasses on, he just saw a gray background with the actual message that was being communicated by the billboard. And that one said, mate and reproduce. Wow. And then he saw a, a rack full of magazines and what, the section about entertainment, like, you know, TV star, mm-hmm. gossip magazines, those kinds of magazines. He put the glasses on and on the cover of each one, it said, stay asleep. Mm. And somebody tried to uh, get him to pay them some money. And they took out a, a handful of bills and he put the glasses on and looked at the dollars and on them it said, this is your God. Wow. And so he saw things that he could not unsee. Even when he didn't have the glasses on, he knew what lay behind wow. the reality that he was seeing. So for, for me in the, in the realm of business, um, I had this process that I worked through where I read the Bible and I asked the question that I had never really asked before. Why is that what we saw in the New Testament in the book of Acts, why is that not happening today? Because I don't, I don't really see anywhere, as I read through the Bible for the first time in many years, I didn't really see any place where it said that was all supposed to stop. Now, I grew up in a church tradition that taught that that, that did all stop with the death of the last apostle. And I actually think they're right about that. But I think they're mistaken in thinking that we've seen that event yet. Right, 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 right. So, but as I, as I began to wonder about that, and I began to look for, okay, so who in the world is still having these experiences. Because if nobody's having this, this kind of experience, if they're not seeing the spirit move in power, if people are not being healed, if the miraculous is not occurring, because the scripture clearly says that those signs, those raising of the dead, the casting out of demons, the healing of diseases, if those signs do not occur or that they will occur, they will, be, they will follow believers. So I thought, okay, so where there are believers, there should be these things. And I began to go places where those things were actually happening. And then, as you know, we took my wife and I took a year and went to a ministry school uh, that was uh, put on by uh, Bethel Church in Redding, California. And that was the point, Brian, at which we saw things that we could not unsee. I mean, no matter what happens to me in the future, I know that I cannot look back on this that point that period of my life and and like undo that. It's uh, it it totally disintegrated the the picture of the world I had mapped out because I saw there are things happening in this world that most people are not aware of in the spirit realm. And there, God is doing things that a lot of people don't see or they're not aware of, but that doesn't mean that they're not happening. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I, we went to that school. I thought, Brian, I thought I was going to become a pastor. I thought I was going to be pastoring a church somewhere. Pastor Ray. I, pastor I was, Ray. Yeah, I was literally going to shut down my business and, and just, you know, go, go pastor a church somewhere. Probably a small one, I thought, because... Um, at that time, I thought it was wrong to have any ambition, and you know I've learned Paul had ambition in the in the kingdom. He was uh, ambitious and bragged about the things of the Lord, and so God talked to me about the fact that He had enough pastors and pulpits. He needed ministers in the marketplace, and that's when I realized that I couldn't go back to doing business as usual. Literally, I couldn't go back to doing business as usual. So we came out of the ministry school. And I just couldn't have a business conversation where I, I knew there's, there's, a, there's a spiritual 
thing happening with the individual that I'm talking to that's causing their business problems. And if I talk to them about balance sheets and marketing plans, and I don't talk to them about the spiritual thing that's actually at the root of it, then I'm not being honest. I'm being disingenuous. So even though they're not going to like it, I have to say this. I have to talk, I have to point out what's happening and then they get to choose how they respond to it. So that was a point at which we couldn't go back. We saw things that we couldn't unsee and things had to change and it became a new season for us. So I'm hearing in there that there was a, uh, a place of discontent and then in your case, an intentional effort to disconnect from an old paradigm, an old way of thinking in order to discover what was coming and what God was trying to reveal to you. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. But you know, it's kind of like uh, in the birth process, now, I've never had a baby because I'm not a woman. But, um, <laughs> Good to know. I understand. Well, you know, these days, one has to be clear. Yes. <laughs> uh, I, I understand that uh, in the birth process, there's a, a phase that you go through as a woman giving birth called transition, and that it is very painful. And I also realize that bringing forth the child is intentional. The mm-hmm. woman becomes pregnant and nurtures the life inside of her and intentionally wants to bring that life forth. And even though it is intentional and the outcome is looked at with joy, there still has to be that period of transition, which is very painful. So in those moments, you know, many men have experienced being with their wives when their wife transformed into something they don't recognize. (laughs) They realized this is a powerful creature in whose grasp I may my arm is in and it may come out of the socket if I say the wrong thing at this particular moment in time because she's in so much pain. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's transition, it's intentional, and yet it still is uncomfortable in many ways. So in this process of transition and growing, do you believe that it is... Well, let me, let me, back, let me backtrack a bit. I, I heard you say that you were, when you're talking about your health situation... Sometimes I think if God wants to move us into a new place or new season, he loves us enough to, and I'm not saying he causes sickness, please don't misunderstand, but I believe that, you know, he allows certain things so that we become uncomfortable and we begin to explore other options, other means, other ways. Sometimes he just invites us to go on a journey and we, we choose to respond or to not respond in the right way. Uh, in any case, when that invitation comes I think one of the greatest human conditions is that we're so accustomed to the familiar. We've become so ingrained with what we have learned and believed to be our normal that the idea of something being different or being new or there being other possibilities than what we've known in the past is is mind-numbing. And and I've watched so many people who have received imitation on whatever level uh, push back because they, they don't know what the new thing looks like Therefore, they'd rather stay with what they know. Did you experience that at all in this journey? Well, yeah, uh, absolutely. And I still am experiencing it. I mean, I, you know, Brian, I don't have all this figured out. I, oh, I don't I, either. I do not That's why believe, I'm asking you. I, I do not believe that uh, God causes sickness. Oh, yeah, sure. Uh, uh, and, uh, you know, I'm not even sure that he allows it on one level. But on the other hand, you know, God is God and things are happening that he's not putting a stop to as far as we can see in this moment. Mm-hmm. So uh, in that sense, I guess in that sense, he is allowing certain things. But I, I, what I find it difficult to accept is that um, Scripture says that he heals all of our diseases. Yes. And 
Jesus healed everyone he came into contact with who asked for it and some who didn't. Um, he, but he healed everyone. There was never a point where Jesus said, well, you know, I'm sorry, but you have this leprosy for a reason. Mm. And you need to learn what the reason is before you can be released from it. That was never his response. Right. So right. Uh, I don't even, now, you know, what, well, where does that leave me? <laughs> that, that would be the question that would be next, uh, that has been next. And my answer is, you know, I don't know. Um, but we, I think we have to be, when God does, in, he does invite us, we're, every day is an invitation to yes. deal with things that we don't understand. If it's not in our own personal life, in our own physical body, then it's in the life of somebody close to us or it's in a family close to us. Or it's, there, look, there's 7 billion people in this world and 7 billion people have some sort of problem that they're dealing with. And so every day is an invitation to trust in the Lord, to have faith that he is good to keep his word, to put ourselves in a position of seeking the impossible that cannot happen without his intervention, sticking our neck out, if you will, and saying, okay, I'm, I'm going to step forward uh, onto the water, and I'm trusting you to hold me up, Lord. Yeah. And then sometimes we're going to get wet. Yeah. And that's, that's the point where I think we just have to uh, be comfortable, learn to be comfortable with being uncomfortable, learn to be comfortable with mystery. And, you know, there's a reason that it's called the faith. Yeah, absolutely. It's not the certainty. I was on a retreat back in the month of October with uh, some some men, and I went away on this time with a specific, I have to confess, agenda for the Lord. <laughs> I I really wanted to get some specific clarity, some specific answers, you know, uh, a a blueprint almost for what my future looked like. And I had a, a powerful encounter with the Lord one day out by the river. It was it's big outdoors place and you know you just kind of hike out to wherever you feel like you want to hang out that day and just be with the Lord and I had a really a couple of major things that took place in that encounter but and as I came back to the lodge that night I was sharing with one of my friends what God had shown me that day and some some amazing things and and we were all celebrating that it was powerful it was you know I was crying it was all good you know just it was a good time about an hour later after dinner uh just happened to be talking to the same person. And I said, you know, I just, gosh, I was so hoping that today I would get this answer that I'm looking for. And this friend of mine just, I mean, he almost choked me because he said, man, what is your problem? He said, just an hour ago, we were celebrating the amazing engagement you had with the Lord today and what he did for you and what he said to you, what he revealed to you. And an hour later now, you're not satisfied because you wanted X, Y, and Z. He says, why is today not enough? Mm. Oh, Ray, it just, it smote my heart because it was a word from the Lord to me right then through my friend. Because the idea was, why is it not enough just to rest in what he has done for you today, knowing that tomorrow he'll be faithful to show you whatever's next? Mm. And, and man, I kid you not, I laid my head on the pillow that night and just wept, you know. And, and I had to repent because I'm like, you know what? I don't have to have tomorrow figured out. What I have to do is trust you in today, you know, and that's that's what I'm hearing you talk about here, and that's that's so helpful to me to hear it affirmed that way because uh, I'm I'm I like to plan tomorrow, next week, next month, five years, ten years. I want to know what's happening, you know, gosh, twenty five years from now, and and I want to have all the pieces in place. And I'm learning in this season that God simply wants to walk it out with us, and well, for us to really trust Him. Right, 
And, you know, so we have to, that, that's the mystery part. The myst- a, a huge part of the mystery is what's the future. Yeah. And, you know, not knowing what the future is um, in, in all regards. Sometimes the Lord tells us very clearly what it's going to be. And, but he, you know, he never, as far as I know, he's never given any of us the entire picture. And I'm not sure I would want the entire picture. I think I would, but I, I think if I actually had it, I might wish for it to, to go away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and, you know, I think there's a, there's a tendency, like for me, um, one of the things that I've had to work through is I have this framework of how things have operated in my life up until this point. And I tend to expect and want them to continue working inside that framework, like the way that I know it to be. Um, there, was, there was a time when my business consisted mostly of me traveling, speaking at seminars and workshops and conferences. And I just figured it would always be that way. And I had to work through the fact that it, it was changing and it wasn't going to be like that anymore. Not exactly. That would still be part of what I did, but it wouldn't be the whole of what I did. And, you know, the Lord has uh, asked me uh, on more than one occasion, what if I wanted to change everything that you're doing and have you do something completely different? Would you be able to accept that? And um, that's been a question that I realized at the time that he asked me, I didn't have an immediate yes answer. I realized, well, I'm a little uncomfortable with that idea, Lord, to be quite honest. Can we talk about it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> can we discuss it? Yeah. Can, can we table that for another time, please? Negotiable. Let's, let's just put a pin and come back to it. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I think that he does invite us. The, the quicker we're willing to accept a new picture that the Lord wants us to step into, uh, I think the quicker he can bless us. And it's, you know, we've, in the church world, we talk about the, the new wineskin. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting to me that many times the people who are quickest to talk about the new wineskin are the people who are holding on the most desperately to the old one. Oh, my gosh. You just said it. It's true. They, they, want, a, they want a new wineskin as long as it looks exactly like the old one and they're in charge of it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell you, that's, uh, let's just turn a corner here in that regard just for a moment, just because we can. Um, you know, how there's this, I believe, shift happening, and you and I have talked about this before, in, in the church of the living God. I believe in our world today, God is, is doing something that is fresh, that is new, that is not going to look like it's always looked, that's not going to be necessarily facilitated in the same manner it's always been facilitated. In that regard, what are you seeing? What I mean, we've talked about this before, but it's been a few months. So what what fresh ideas are you beginning to get a glimpse of that you think maybe God is doing? Because uh, you know my heart, I want to be a part of that. The thing that I'm seeing um, most clearly is that um, this, this um, concept of bringing the supernatural into the natural world of business in particular, because that's still a place in which... I operate a very, most of the time. Uh, and there was a time when, uh, you know, having a business conference, for instance, where we have a conference coming up a few days, well, a couple of weeks from the time that we're doing this interview. And um, it, uh, it is ostensibly a business conference. In the past, I would have made sure that it looked entirely like a business conference and been careful not to mention anything about the spiritual parts that would happen while you were there uh, or to downplay them very strongly. And I've just seen that there's a hunger in not in the church so much, which is interesting, but in the in the rest of the world, you know, in the business place where people don't go to church, people don't don't go to small groups, they don't uh, they don't read the Bible necessarily. 
they're not they don't they don't even remember stuff maybe they never went to Sunday school but they're hungry for a reality that goes beyond what they experience in their day-to-day life they know there's got to be something more to life than what they've experienced they they know that something is missing and so often these people end up pursuing new age teachers or or schools of thought but they're open to spiritual reality so it's just interesting to me that if you can avoid speaking church churchies to them um if you can just say hey um did you know that there's a way you can tap into the world the spiritual world that's all around us that nobody can really see you can tap into that and you can get information from it that will provide you with what you need to be successful in your business and i find that uh people in the marketplace who have nothing to do with church are ready to hear that yes they are yes they their, are their reaction is not you're crazy their reaction is oh how do you do that i would love to do that yeah and so that that willingness that openness that hunger uh, is there it's available and i think god is um i think the 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 sneakiest place where the kingdom of God is growing is in the world of business and entrepreneurship. Uh, and it's growing not as a, not as a top down kind of welcome to the Christian business people's association. <laughs> it's not that kind of thing. Yeah. It's like, it's like welcome to our business and we, we get information from God that helps us run our business and we count on God to make divine connections for us and hook us up with the people that we need to be connected to and show us what doors of opportunity to pass through and what doors of opportunity to pass by. And, um, and miraculous things happen. And we know that it wasn't totally natural. It, it came from the realm of the supernatural. And I think more and more of our assembling together with the saints is oh, happening yeah. outside the four walls of those buildings we call churches. That's great. Yeah, I believe that as well. I, I think I share with you, uh, I did share with you in a recent conversation I was just at a conference, and I shared this on a previous program here in Austin, Texas, with Danny Johnson. And I was the content, you know, her her teaching, her training, sales, marketing, business. It's it's a business conference. But what I I my biggest takeaway was that what you're describing right now was not only present in that room, but it was the reason for that room. In fact, there were 1,200 plus people that had flown in from 17 different nations around the world to be in a place where they could tap into business strategies and all this type of thing that were needed for their respective businesses. But they also were looking for the element that you're describing, which is the supernatural. And it wasn't, you know, some Bible thumping church meeting. It was a business meeting, but there was a definitive and very strategic way that the gospel was presented and the, the power of God was on display but it didn't have to be a church thing. In fact, it wasn't an at-church thing. It was the church in the marketplace. That's what it was. Yeah, exactly. And so uh, I, I'm just loving this. And, and I've shared with you, this is where I feel like God's really drawing me in this season as well. You know, a lot of people right now, Ray, a lot of people, a lot of people are discontent. And I don't believe it's in a rebellious sort of a way, but they're discontent with uh, religion as a whole and whatever that might represent to them. And they're looking for what you and I are talking about. What, what is emerging right now? How can we help to facilitate without starting another church? Okay, without, you know, doing a, and I believe in church planning. Please don't misunderstand that at all. But without going that direction, how can we begin to frame environments, opportunities, you know, conferences, 
summits, whatever, so that we can begin to provide that sort of environment to people who are looking, but they don't know what they're looking for? Well, I think that um, the answer is for us to know what they're looking for, to be sensitive to what people's needs are, and to meet those needs. You know, Jesus himself, um, he drew crowds. One way he drew crowds was he fed them food. Wow. <laughs> and he even said at one point, you know, they followed him and he said, you're, you're here just because you want the bread and the fish. That's why you're following me. I've got something deeper for you if you can accept it. And I think that, you know, the, the greatest thing we could do is uh, get off our butts out of the pew. There's a reason that we call them pews because they stink. <laughs> I like it. Uh, and get out where people are and meet their needs. Feed yeah. them, feed them food, feed them knowledge, feed them uh, whatever, you know, whatever your calling is, whatever it is you do, whether you're an accountant or a physician or a business person or a consultant, whatever you do, do that. You know, we've heard it before. Do it as, as if you're doing it unto the Lord. But what that means is more than just uh, do it with honesty and integrity and good moral grounding. Yes, do all those things. And yes, try do your best to get along with all people. Also realize that God is real. He's a reality. He, he impacts the world in ways we can't even begin to fathom and understand. He answers prayer. He still heals. He still delivers. He still saves. Uh, and we need to bring that part of ourselves to whatever we're doing. You know, my, the current state of my business is not because I strategically decided one day it would be good if I served a segment of the marketplace that was interested in spiritual matters, but also in business, and that had been perhaps disenfranchised from the church at some point or other, or maybe never been part of the organized thing we call the church. And so it would be good for me to market to those people in such a way that would draw them. I had none of that. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just, I'm just being who I am. Right. There you go. Doing what I do as excellently as I know how. And I think that, you know, we've got to stop trying to lure people into our buildings and and get them somehow. You know, it's like we pastors for so long, and I love pastors. If you're a pastor, don't be upset with what I'm about to say. But for so long, what we've done as pastors is we've tried to draw people into our building and then figure out how to keep them there. Yes, absolutely. That's not what we were assigned to do. Yep. We were assigned to go and make disciples. That's right. And, you know, you make them where they are and where you meet them. Wow. So let's, let's begin to wrap this up, and I want to turn the coin to the other side just for a moment, and, and I want you to speak to the person or the, the thousands, the plethora of individuals who are those people who are looking for this new thing. What would you say to them? How would you, how would you advise them to, to point their heart toward what they're drawn to, and, and, and what would they do to begin to tap into this new wave? Well, this answer is going to be really unsatisfactory to some people um, because it's going to sound as if, yeah, 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 I've heard that, but give me something new. Um, I think the very first thing to do is get into the presence of God absolutely, and listen to what he's saying and look for what he's doing. And, you know, people have various reactions to that kind of statement. They will either say, well, I'm always in the presence of God because God is omnipresent. Well, yes, thank you. You paid attention in Sunday school. Good for you. But the fact is, he's more present in some places than he is in other places. Yes. That's something that we know from Scripture. 
And it's a puzzle. It's a mystery. How can that be? So I don't know how it's so, but I know it is. And I think a lot of it has to do, not all of it, but a lot of it has to do with our awareness of his presence. The more aware we are of his presence, the more influenced by it and more transformed by it we become. So what that translates to in real life, like how you think, okay, Ray, that's really great sounding stuff, but how, how do I do that? Um, again, I don't really know. I, I just know some things that have helped me, and that is to intentionally set aside time where I am not distracted by other things, and I do the things that make me aware of God's presence. And one of those things is to be quiet, to be uh, out in nature works for me, and to just begin to thank him for all the things that come to mind that I'm grateful for that he's placed in my life. And it usually starts as a, as a forced kind of robotic exercise. God, I thank you that I woke up today. I thank you that I'm here. I thank you that I have the gifts of sight and hearing and taste and touch and that I can walk and talk and breathe and that I, you know, I thank you for these trees that are around me and the beauty of the sky. And, and I thank you for my family. I thank you for my wife. And I begin, you know, thanking God for the things I know I should thank him for. And an interesting thing happens when I begin to position myself in that way, I begin to really start to feel actually grateful. And then if you, if you can steward that moment, it begins to bubble up inside of you. And you begin to really start feeling grateful for things that may begin to surprise you. And you start to become aware that, God, oh, God is with me. I can feel his presence. I can sense what he's doing in this moment. And paying attention to that and looking for that. And then also looking for, uh, you know, I try to have time like that with him every day, the first thing. I'm not always uh, successful in doing it, but I know the days when I do it are better than the days when I don't. Right. And then throughout the day, I try to remember and, and recall that moment and then look for, well, what's God doing right now? Like, what's God doing right now while I'm uh, talking to my friend Brian? I'm sitting in my office looking out the window at the gray skies. What's God doing right now? And what he's doing at this moment is he's connecting two people that are trying their best to serve in his kingdom in a way that uh, is, uh, is honoring and glorifying to him and that helps his children and takes care of his sheep. And, and, and so there's a knitting together between you and I that's happening. There's a touching other people uh, that we're not even aware of that, you know, there's a ripple effect. I had you on my podcast. I know I'm getting off on a rabbit trail here, but I had you on my podcast uh, some months ago. And, you know, I still get emails from people uh, every week or two. I'll get an email from somebody that says, I heard this interview you did with Brian Holmes. And I just wanted to tell you, it was so meaningful to me. Wow. And, and so just being aware of God's presence, I think, is the key thing. And then looking for what he's doing. And then the next concrete step that I would give you into how to, to find or, or be part of this new thing or step into this new wineskin is when you feel God tugging at you to do something that makes you uncomfortable, pay attention to that. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. that's usually the thing you need to do. Absolutely. Now, sometimes we're uncomfortable because we should be. You know, if we happen to be driving through the adult video store or by the adult video store and we, f we start thinking, maybe I should go in there, that's probably, it makes me uncomfortable, but maybe I should. That's probably not God telling you to do that. <laughs> I can assure you it's not. Um, but, there, you know, maybe he... Maybe you start feeling like uh, you, you want to start a business or you want to close a business and start something else or you want to uh, go do missionary work in Africa or you want to go do missionary work in downtown Manhattan um, or you want to learn to paint or 
there are things that you don't normally do that suddenly will start occurring to you more and more often and start thinking, maybe I should try that, but that makes me terribly uncomfortable. And our brain does a funny thing. It starts making a list of all the reasons why you should not do that. Oh, I should not do that because it's not practical. I can't make any money at that. It doesn't make any sense. It's crazy. People will think I'm crazy. Good. Those are all good signs. Um, and, 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 you know, have the counsel of um, people who are in touch with the Lord, who are sensitive to his presence, his spirit, who are good, wise counselors. And we have to be careful about who we take counsel from. So often we take counsel from whoever just happens accidentally to be in our life. And you have to be careful of that. It may be somebody that you love, somebody in your family, uh, your brother, your sister, your mom, your dad, your cousin, your uncle, um, but they may be foolish. And, you know, the scripture says, he who walks with the wise becomes wise. Yes. And so what happens to the one who walks with fools? He's destroyed. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, you got to, but you got to get that good, wise counsel and be willing to step into the places of discomfort. As our friend Michael Hyatt says, all significant growth comes from a place of outside your comfort zone. Yeah, yeah. Well, man, these are seasons of change, and there are so many wonderful things taking place right now. And I've experienced this the last two, three years. And what you're describing right now about the being uncomfortable thing, it's happened numerous occasions. I think the key, though, is what you said a moment ago just this heart level commitment to say, God, what are you doing? What are you saying? Lead me. You know, the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us into all truth. That's not just theology. That's. That's the truth of our future, the truth of his plans, the truth of his design. And and the thing is, I want to wake up every day. This has been my, I guess, my heart's cry to wake up every day and say, God, today I simply want to be led by your spirit. I want to follow you. I want to know what you're doing, and I want to participate with you. You know, if I see one step today, I'm going to take it, and I don't need to know what's happening tomorrow, but let's just go. Let's just do this thing. You've described that so well so well. And I, I just thank you for that, man. Thanks for being with me today. It's just, gosh, you know, you and I should do this a little more often and we hey, should, re- and we should record all of them. That's a good idea. Yeah, it really is. It really that's, is. It's a really good idea. That might be a God idea. I think it might be a God idea. See there, see, see how that works. It's beautiful, man. Thank you. I'm honored uh, to have you in my life. Honored to have you as a friend, honored to know you as a brother and uh, just so grateful that, uh, You've taken the time to to share with our audience. Thank you so much, Ray. Thank you. It's my privilege. Well, I trust that something that we've shared today on the program has been a blessing to you. Man, I just love talking to Ray Edwards. Go to rayedwards.com for more information about Ray's work, his podcast, his blog post, man subscribe to anything and everything he's doing i know that you will be blessed by that next week is going to be a brand new episode called finding your sweet spot you won't want to miss that we've got a brand new series going right now on monday mastery called the battle for the mind and of course don't forget you want to make sure to check out our brand new website so many great things taking place here at brianholmes.com and so much more coming this year in 2015. So glad you're a part of it. Well, I want to encourage you to subscribe to our email updates at brianholmes.com. You can do that right on the front page. We want to give you a free gift, a downloadable audio series on getting to know God as Father is our gift to you for connecting with us there on the email updates. Also, you 
encourage you to subscribe to us on iTunes. And while you're there, you can rate the podcast and leave us a review. All those things can be done at brianholmes.com. And we would greatly appreciate you helping us spread the word about what's happening here on the Strategic Living Podcast. Well, I trust something we've shared today has challenged you to pursue God's very, very best for your life. Be healed from your past, transformed, move forward, get out of the the mediocre and the mundane, and get after what God has for you to do. Till next time, God bless. We'll see you back here next week.